welcome, welcome to the Marketing Campaign Podcast, where Bernice Lohman brings a spotlight to entrepreneur stories, brand, and shares chapters of her book, Marketing Campaign Handbook. Be sure to visit marketingcampaignhandbook.com. Now, let's go. Hello, guys. Welcome again to another episode of the Marketing Campaign Entrepreneurs Podcast. I just want to say thank you for listening, for tuning in. And I'm excited today to have the guest, Ms. Farheen. Um, I want to say thank you for joining. Thank you for the for saying yes and uh, welcome. Thank you for having me, Bernice. I'm excited about this. Yeah, I'm excited too. And so I I see, you know what? I should have asked you before I started recording how to pronounce your last name. Is it Abbas? Yeah, Abbas is okay. It's actually Abbas, like a, a, a boss, but Abbas. I, I like Abbas. I like that. Oh, I love yeah. that. Okay. And is Farheen Abbas? Yes, actually, it's my first name. Like, right. Usually people have a lot of trouble with my first name. So I'm very happy when I hear anyone who pronounces it correctly the first time without asking. Yes. Okay. Yay. Awesome. So uh, she is a podcaster. Uh, you recently launched a show, uh, is Musings of Modern Muslims, and popular talk show host from Radio Caravan. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm interested to, you know, get into know who you are, uh, you know, the podcast and all great things that you that you do. I'm first, like I ask all guests, I pause to ask, who are they? So I'm going to pause to ask, you know, outside the podcasting, you know, are you a mother or your wife? Let's let I'm interested to know who is Farheen. Sure. Um, well, first off, I'm a mother of three boys. So I'm ah. hopelessly outnumbered in my own house since <laughs> the first. <laughs> so three boys, uh, ages 10, 8 and 2. So you can imagine the. The noise in our house is just some other level. Uh, when people come visit, they're like, wow, your house is just noisy. And I'm like, oh, this is pretty decent. Yes. Quiet. So mother of three boys. Um, I'm a wife to um, a physician who's on the front lines of COVID-19 right now. Oh. So he's uh, seeing a lot of fun things. Uh, he's seeing a lot of sad things. I mean, uh, I've in our 11 years of marriage, I've never seen him this, you know, affected yes. as he is by this situation so at home we've been trying to you know just do some like meditation and mindfulness and just be aware of you know self-care number one self-care yes i think anyone who is uh in the front lines is kind of burning out slowly yes yes please tell him that we at the marketing campaign entrepreneurs podcast say thank you for his his work his dedication thank you we need we need people like him thank you no, thank you. Yeah, I will let him know. And uh, I, I think he just gets, um, just to sidetrack quickly, he had a patient the other day who actually ended up passing away and he had to FaceTime his daughter from oh. like his own personal phone. And he was just so affected by it for the whole week. He was just like, this is just not fun anymore. And no. I was like, I, I didn't think it was fun ever. He's like, no, but usually you can solve a problem and yes. move along. But this is just too much. So. 
Yep. Uh, just good wishes and prayers his way, I guess. Yes, yes. And to everyone who's suffering from this. Yes. So, and on that note, I'm actually a COVID survivor myself. I got COVID-19, went through the three weeks, and then, thank goodness, I'm still here. Oh, wow. What were your signs? None of the ones that they tell you. I had yeah, because, body aches and really bad headaches. Yeah, and that's why I wanted to ask because I, I see so many, like, readings, blogs, and video uh tv commercials and everything and i'm like okay well this person's signs is different from this one and this person said they were fine but they had covid so what were your signs number one it was body aches like this really bad body aches that started my uh like mid back to my lower back Mm -hmm. and i just thought you know maybe it was just uh, being at home with the kids picking up and you know when you're home you just end up doing extra projects you're like well since i'm home let me just fix this up put that thing up so I just, you know, excuse it to that. I was like, oh, maybe I just picked something up heavy and I shouldn't have. But yes. then that pain spread to my whole back, like from my, uh, the back of my head to my toes, to my fingertips. It was pain. And then this headache that was right in the center of my forehead, literally dead center, that was like a hammer pounding on my head. And I was like, what is this? And I just thought, I, I was like, no, I couldn't, because we were being so careful. We uh, practiced social distancing. And then my husband was very careful about, yeah. changing his scrubs in the garage and uh you know sanitizing everything so we we're like think good about this so so no nah, yes. it can't be and then he's like well you know i did see a covid positive patient three days ago and it's it's possible it's possible and i was like fine uh-huh. let's just get tested got tested and it was positive and i was wow. like well then but i had no fever so you know how they're checking fevers yes. everywhere it, it's it it makes i had not one inch of a fever, like inch, iota, ounce, or whatever. Um, it was at 97.8, 98.8, nothing that would even say low-grade fever. <laughs> what about the, uh, at all. wow, what about the uh, shortness of breath? Didn't have that either. The only feeling that I would say that was in breathing was if I tried to take a deep breath, it felt like someone was giving me a really tight hug and I couldn't take a deep breath. But otherwise, I could breathe fine. Um, I didn't have to like put like six pillows. I saw people who had to put, mm-hmm. you know, sleep almost upright. I was like, I, I slept fine. I was able to breathe fine. Um, it was very interesting because when, and if honestly, if the test had not come back positive, we'd just be like, nah, nah it must be a yes. flu, it must be something, maybe a viral or something else. But when it came positive, I was like, wow, but my symptoms are not anything that people, like wow. there's no point in checking temperatures because someone could be carrying it and not know. Yes. And I think, too, for those who are listening, that like when you were talking about shortness of breath, literally, I was just taking a deep breath <laughs> to hear how to yeah. feel how I'm like, hold on, let me see. But uh, I, yeah. I so I, my question now is like for those um, I saw I don't I'm trying to remember where I've 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 heard this at, but someone mentioned that if you didn't have signs like shortness of breath or um fevers that you couldn't be tested. So That's with that true. and this is where bureaucracy works in place. Yeah. <laughs> this is exactly where bureaucracy comes to mind because the only reason I was able to get a test when I talked I called my uh PCP to ask for, you know, I told her I have these symptoms. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if this is um, uh, what's going on or anything. And she was like, well, no. And then I said, well, my husband did see a COVID positive case. She's like, oh, yeah, your husband's a doctor, right? And I was like, 
yes. And she's like, and you've seen patients? I was like, yes. She's like, okay, you get a test. I was like, really? <laughs> oh, okay. Yes. Why? I mean, good, yes. I mean, I think everyone should be able to get a test. I don't like this system where there isn't enough tests and people can't get tested. Because mm-hmm. like Bernice, if you felt like you had the flu, you could just walk into a clinic and be like, hey, I think I have the yes. flu. Can you test me? Yes. And they'll say, sure. Here you go. It's negative or positive. But uh, so yeah, I was able to get a test only because they were like, oh, well, your husband's a doctor. So he, he yeah, it's it's more likely. So I was like, but yeah. there's plenty of people who have spouses as doctors or nurses or you know, grocery store workers who are exposed to it daily. I mean, it, it's not the best system I think we're in. Mm-hmm. Wow. I hope it improves, but doesn't seem likely. But yeah, that's what, that's the only way I got a test was because it was kind of a connection thing, yeah. which I don't like normally as, as someone who believes in justice and fairness. Yes, but hey, that was, I think that was a good justice i would say um because yeah you your health it was you know your health in line so so you are a podcaster and you have recently launched a show uh musings of your martin muslims and so you are a muslim correct and so i see that you are you're known, says your reputation, you're known as a fearless communicator. So you bring out those topics that people are afraid of. So one of our topics today mm-hmm. is, you know, can Christian entrepreneurs or Christian business owners have a relationship with Muslims? So you claim you are a Muslim and I'm a Christian business owner. I'm a Christian. So, mm-hmm. you know, we're having this conversation that I haven't I haven't seen as many Christian entrepreneurs and Muslims, you know, have a relationship like a business relationship. So this is a conversation that I feel that I've been wanting to have or or have thought about. And so I'm glad you said, okay, yes, let's do it. (laughs) I want to know. So what is your, what is your take? What is your take on that? Let me first say, before I ask you that, I've always felt like, um, Muslims were or are in their own community or their own religion. And so Mm -hmm. it's kind of difficult to have a conversation like this. I actually was kind of shocked when you said, yeah, let's do it. That was my thought. And, you know, my ignorance, I apologize. Um, I just never had seen it happen. I, I don't have a friend that I can just pick up who's a Muslim, pick up the phone and say, hey, you know, let's talk, let's chat. I'm not saying I won't. I mean, mm-hmm. I love the idea, but I just felt like I'm not I'm not I haven't seen it. I'm not used to it. And yeah. so I'm no, glad we're and, having and that conversation. Your ignorance is not, yeah, your ignorance is not misplaced because it's true. A lot of Muslim communities do stay very close yes very tightly you know in their in their little bubbles i would say yes and you don't see um a lot of people even even in regardless of business practice just yes. getting to know a neighbor or friend because they just don't it's not that they don't want to i think it's this, this idea that you know we're so different in our value system so how can we be friends how can yes. i be a friend with someone uh, for example like muslims we don't we're not supposed to drink we don't drink alcohol so how can you and I, Bernice, hang out somewhere and not have alcohol. If you drink and I don't, it's like, well, how can we be friends? Yeah. And well, I don't drink. My thought on that, so we can be friends. friends. <laughs> oh, so we can be friends. <laughs> no, well, no, no, but I had some really good friends when I was working years ago, and we would go out Thursday night. Um, they would want to go, um, you know, go to a bar or something and drink, and I would be the designated driver. 
forever. I was like, yeah, yeah, you guys go ahead. I'll keep an eye on you. Awesome. So you are the modern Muslim. I see that you have a you've launched a show. I'm just curious to know uh, what is the significance of a modern Muslim? So is there like an old outdated Muslim or like what was your thought process for that? No, what I was thinking, I was like, well, you know what? I am pretty liberal in a lot of things yes. um, related to um I mean, I'm pretty liberal, but I'm not, like, totally against Islam. I do follow yes. Islam. I practice Islam. I love my faith. Yes. And I do, you know, make sure my kids are part of it. So I, I find that, that the word modern is a new way of saying moderate. Like, hey, I'm moderate. Okay. I'm in the middle. Sounds so good. I'm here and I'm there. So, you know, there'll be days where I'll, you know, post things about complete religion. Be like, yeah, this is a beautiful thing. This is a beautiful verse and this is lovely. Yes. And then there's like days I'm like, oh look, I'm playing Tetris with my kids. <laughs> like, I love it. Well, you know, I can have, I can do both. I can do both. And coming back to your point about people being very, um, you know, close mm-hmm. it, yes. that's very true. It is changing, but uh, I agree that you know, you there's many people don't have just like Muslim friends. They can, you know, just hey, yes. ask questions, and yes. that's what I want to do with the podcast. That hey, I can be that friend if you have a question, and I'm open to any type of questions really I, I i think i posted in one of the groups that anyone that cares about anything about muslims ask me and i've had some trolls i've got some lovely trolls who are like oh yeah you follow up all I religion saw and that. All prophet. And i was like yeah I was like, yeah, thanks, bye. Yeah, and I and you and I hope you saw my comment. Like, hold up, I'm a Christian, and this is offensive. Like, you know, and yeah. and I've seen that, and I've even thought about um, from other Muslims that I've seen the different posts that can be offensive as well to Christians. Like, you know, Allah mm-hmm. is the way. Uh, you know, Islam yeah, is the way. Have- so, how do we? How do we kind of like minimize that and to have a conversation like you and I have in and say, hey, we have differences, different what? beliefs. I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian business owner. Um, you're a Muslim. You know, how do we like wh- where do we start from here? Because it still exists, we as we know, because we're doing right now. OK, <laughs> I we're love communicating. it. Yeah. Communication, I think, is is where it's supposed to be. The communication is the only way I think that we can go forward honestly and you know what let me tell you about this organization i joined here when i moved to dallas mm-hmm. it's called the daughters of abraham so it was started after 9 11 it's a group of christian muslim and jewish women who meet once a month wow and that's powerful talk about the similarities and differences in our religions and it's totally a religion based thing but it's very very interesting i've learned so much of how we are more similar than we are different and it's always, you know, each meeting, everyone, I think, walks with something new. And then each time, it feels like you're in a comfortable place. And because the rules are that, hey, we're not here to convert anyone. That's number one. Yes. I'm not here to make you become a Muslim. I'm here to just tell you about what I interpret Islam to be. And there might be five other Muslims in there, and we all have different viewpoints on things. And there's like seven, eight Christians in there, all different denominations. There's different types of Jewish people in there. But... We come to always to realize that the core beliefs, the main core things, are all the same. And we're like, you know what? We're, we're kind of similar. Guys. Yes. Why do we fight? Yes. So what is your take on the business? Like you have a business. I'm, you know, you're an entrepreneur. I'm an entrepreneur. I have a business. What do you, what are your, what's your thought can, 
because here's here's one of the scriptures, Amos three and three. How can two walk together unless they agree? I believe in that. Like, so what? How can yeah. we? Like, what's your thought process on that? Like, you being a Muslim, I'm being a Christian uh, business owner. Right. You know, do you believe that it's possible where we can have a good working business relationship? Definitely. I actually know. Um, I've known of businesses in New York, which my family is, mm-hmm. and of uh, uh, my uncle. He's a Muslim, and he has a Christian partner. Yes. And they actually get along, like, wonderfully, because it kind of works out in the way that they their core values are the same. They're both very family-oriented. They, you know, like, you know, they have multiple kids. They want to spend time. Well, not they all have grandkids. Yes. But uh, they want to spend, they have family values are big. They have a construction business. So it's like, okay, this is something that's, you know, it's just, this, you know, we're just building. We're carpenters, carpenters. Yes. And I know that, like, for holidays, it works out because, uh, like, for Christmas and uh, Easter, my uncle's more like, okay, I'll work those. Don't worry about that. You spend time with your family. And then for our holidays, his partner is more than willing to be like, hey, you take those time off. And they have this great working relationship. And I've seen that happening more and more because I think, again, it's if it's the core, the core value and the thing. Uh, you're selling. Let's say, for example, Bernice, if you had a liquor business, mm-hmm. I know you don't drink, but let's no. say you had a liquor business, mm-hmm. then a Muslim person normally would not be part of that because, again, in our faith, um, alcohol of any kind for consumption is forbidden. So then a person would not, well, should not be going into business for that anyway. Yes. Now, if they're more liberal-minded and they still, they're fine with that, then they have a whole different ideology anyways. But you w- you won't find many let's say practicing Muslims in those businesses. Like you won't be the one selling liquor or selling pork because those are two very forbidden things. Or, uh, for example, uh, prostitution. It's like, no, those are things that are, you know, looked down upon in the face. So you can't be a purveyor of those things or should not be. Yes. You know, I never knew that Muslims didn't drink. So you, you educated me today. Well, see, the the best way I can put it is they should not drink according to the faith. Yes. There is complete decree that you are forbidden to drink, but of course faith is in each person's hand. I know plenty of Muslims who do drink and yes. it's like, well okay. <laughs> yes. Oh wow. Okay. So and ta- I think even in pork, I think I believe that from one of our daughters of Abraham groups we learned that pork was actually forbidden in all three religions. But it's just kind of Yes. You know, become, you know, I guess reinterpreted yes. different things because I know like uh, the Jewish friends I have, they don't eat pork as well. So it gets kind of like, it's like, oh, you don't eat pork. We don't eat pork. Well, and then if you look at true Christian tenants, they also say don't eat pork. Like, yeah. Oh, yep. Well then. <laughs> so there's, so we're, we all can join together on this. Okay. Everyone yes. do not eat pork. Let's, and do not drink. Let's, let's stick together here. Uh, I love it. Yeah, I love it. Uh, I'm interested to know a little bit about your show, uh, the Muslims of Modern Muslims, uh, and oh. those fearless conversations. What are some fearless conversations that you've had thus far? And and then tell me some that you would love to have. Sure. Um, I once went to an event and someone came right up to me and they're like, "Are you Muslim?" And I was like, "Yes." Like, well, tell me this right now, here and now, for a whole group of people, that is Sharia law coming to America? And I was like, uh, no, mm. it's not. <laughs> and it's like, on the spot, here's a tough question, let me give it to you. And I was like, okay, no, it's not. It's not. It can't. 
And they're like, how come? I was like, well, look, again, there's every faith, I think all across, every faith, every group of people has their bad eggs. Mm-hmm. Everyone. There's, yes. You know, you can't have, not everyone is good. But, uh, so I was like, those bad eggs are ruining the image for all of us. No, uh, Sharia law cannot come to the U.S. because the U.S. has a governance system. And that's what our religion says, that if there is a place that has no system in place already, then you can, you know, promote your own uh, justice system. Yes. But since the U.S., Canada, and most countries in the world have some form of justice system in place of governance, you can't override that. It's just not allowed in our faith. You have to live with the law of the land. So it's like, well, no, it's not coming here. It shouldn't be coming here. I don't want it to come here. Yes. And so so do we. We we as Christians, we were supposed to uh, abide by the laws of the land. So I think it has... We have some similarity, um, and I think too that will be a good conversation to have as well. Like let's let's dive into some of the differences and to and also the similarities from the faiths. Yeah, and I think having that conversation will enlighten a lot of us in in both communities and both you know religion communities to to see that there are a I lot really of similarities. That people join. I really recommend that people join interfaith groups like Dara and yeah. Abraham. I know there are interfaith type of groups everywhere. If you just have, I think if you look in your like community's Facebook page or Instagram or something, there's mm-hmm. always a group of people who are kind of you know build bridges and they're just like, hey, let's just you know uh, meet up and uh, for example, in our Daughters of Abraham, because just to be respectful that um, uh, the Christian, I mean, sorry, the Muslim women and the Jewish women mm-hmm. in general do not eat pork. They just put a rule there, like, please, because it's like a potluck. You bring snack items. Yes. And they're like, please just bring things are, that are, you know, easy and can be taken in by everyone. So, like, fruit trays, veggie trays, crackers, yes. cheese, all these things. We, we try to avoid, like, you know, um, any meat-based items. Because, like, well, you know, each per, each person has their own beliefs in meat yes. and how it should be cut and whatnot. Let's just keep it a general, let's keep it vegetarian so that everyone can eat it. Yes. And I see you're a popular talk show host, uh, the Radio Caravan. I want to learn more about the Radio yes. Caravan. So radio was my where I started first. And in radio, I have my own show in which I do actually more social issues, which are not um, faith-based. They're more yes. just, you know, social issues that are happening in yes. the world, in the country, um, things that are on my mind about, especially now in this pandemic time, we talk about, you know, uh, for example, being more kind to each other yes uh, learning to control your temper uh, you know how to let things go because this is not normal we're not in a normal time so letting things go is it, it's, it's probably more sand scene keeps you sane if you let things go don't worry about schedules too much and so it's just general topics and that i find is a good outlet but yes. that also let me to start the podcast because i felt like i was like well i i see i think i, I can talk and <laughs> people listen yes. so maybe this is a good chance to make a podcast that is focused on one thing and i actually put feelers out there about two years ago that hey if i was to make a podcast like this would you listen and i got a really good response that yes yes this is something needed and then it was just you know the, that initial jump to actually launch it just took a, a bit longer than i hoped yes from your experience from being a radio host to podcast i know it's, it's there's similarity but what would be two differences you would say uh, from your experience, from trans, sure, um, yeah, from transitioning um, from radio see? to podcasting. Yeah, so uh, the radio, I think, is easier 
because again radio is just on mm-hmm. it, they don't really measure tuning in and tuning out it's like well it's on no matter yeah. what so that time of day my show will be on no matter what and you know there'll be a certain group of people listening and then a certain group of people not listening but with the podcast i feel it's a lot more you know work on my end that <laughs> you have to Death. post about it and share the links and then make sure people you know comment like and everything it's, I, I feel like it's a little bit more Death. work i do enjoy it and but it's it's definitely more uh it's like you're growing a plant like you really have to take yes. care of it yes even with my when i when i was launching my book i thought to you know do a uh this podcast marketing campaign handbook <clears throat> And I was like, okay, let me yeah. get on some people and let me, uh, let me, you know, see if any other entrepreneurs would love to share their story as I highlight segments of my book. And then I had a couple of people say, yeah, I want to do it. You know, I want to be on. So I'm like, okay, email me, email me your bio, email me your info. I mean, when I started putting it out there, you're talking about work, <laughs> Ms. Farine. I was like, yeah. so much work. I'm like, hold on. Let me get this Canly uh, link together because uh, you guys are just going to need to schedule because I understand there's work and podcasting, uh, sending out the the, the links and, and all of that great stuff. But I get it. I totally get it. So I had to get a schedule in because, yeah. yeah, there's work. No, no, I... And actually, when I launched my podcast, I wasn't really, I launched it with everything in place. You know, I made a logo. I recorded three, four episodes. Awesome. You know, really interesting topics in there. And I was like, okay, you know, this should just take off. And when I noticed that, you know, you have to work at it. So now in in this time of quarantine, when, you know, again, lots more time at home, I've been, you know, working more and making graphics and posting almost every day about something and trying Mm -hmm. to, you know, gauge interest and I've seen it pay off like in the past uh, month and a half, the episodes I've launched because I was, you know, promoting them so much. I did see, you know, a listenership, you know, gain. And I was like, okay, people are now they're listening. Yes. And that's how we connected. We connected. You posted inside uh, a podcast group. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It paid off. (laughs) I was drawing a blank. I was like, okay, what can I talk about? And I was like, let me just, put it out there let me see if someone is interested yes. in some you know they, they have a topic a question or something and that post actually made me make made me have like great connections i've made like really yes. awesome connections because of it that's awesome. So as we wrap it up, I want to ask uh, for those who are listening, how can they connect with you? How can they, you know, be a part of who you are, what you do, all the great stuff? Sure. Sure. So my podcast is um, available everywhere. It's on iTunes, Spotify, Google, iHeartRadio, everywhere. It's called Musings of a Modern Muslim. And I use the word musings because musings, I think, feels more open. Uh, I, 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 I don't know why. And I wanted to work with the letter M because it's not, you know, the M-M-M. But uh, I was like, okay, you know, this word, I think, feels like more of a conversation. That, hey, I'm willing to talk about things. It's just my thoughts. You may agree, you may disagree, yeah. but it's just my musings. Yes. So what's that way? And then on Instagram, I'm at uh, the mod Muslim. So the mod Muslim, all one word, of course. Um, and then my Gmail is the mod Muslim at gmail.com. And people can ask me questions if they have a show topic or just questions, concerns, anything. And find me. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much, Fahin. And we again say thank you and have a wonderful day. You too, please. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Welcome back. Welcome. Welcome. To the Marketing Campaign Podcast, where Bernice Lohman brings a spotlight to entrepreneur stories, brand, and shares chapters of her book, Marketing Campaign Handbook. 
Be sure to visit marketingcampaignhandbook.com. Now, let's go.